So listen, this is a very special episode of the Where It Went podcast and something we don't normally do, but we had some news that we had to break to everybody. And so we've gathered a few people, something old, something new, something borrowed. And we have, for the first time ever, I didn't think this would be possible, but we have Adam Lentz from Revelation Records, and he has something to drop on us. Adam, I mean, you can tell it however you want, if you have like a story, but you can ease into it, you know, or you can just be like, here's the news. But the choice is yours. Let's start at the beginning. I'll give it a little history, a little lead up to what's going on. Okay. Um, I'd say three, maybe two years ago, our, our warehouse manager, who is uh, Greg, and uh, actually saw this band a few times and they were around, um, found that someone was selling Godspeed LPs on, uh, online somewhere and said, hey, you should hit this guy up and see if we should carry it. That guy turned out to be Jay from the band Turning Point. I end up, uh, you know, talking to him about these and then friending him on Facebook and then saying, gee, wouldn't it be awesome if we could get the Turning Point catalog for Revelation? And, um, you know, pretty soon after, um, Jade Tree, who owned the, uh, the Masters previously, were sold lump sum to Epitaph. And I thought it was lost. I talked to Brett from Epitaph a few times and, you know, he gave me this licensing deal that wasn't that favorable, I don't think, for the label. And then the conversation kind of went away. So within the last year or so, we realized that there was no contract in place. Epitaph did not have any contract. And after talking to people there and a few legal-minded people I know, we realized that the band were then free agents and Revelation offered them a deal to release the catalog, um, broken up into its separate releases, not only physically, but in the digital format as well, which is what I believe is, you know, the best way to listen to things. And we're finally able to announce it. Um, everything is in place. And right now we're releasing the demo and then we will be releasing the seven inch, the LP, and then a collection of the split tracks and contracts and unreleased songs that were recorded live um, about three months apart from one another in order. And I could not be more excited or, or happier to be doing this. And that's my story thus far. That's quite a, that's quite a story. Starting at the demo, right? How is that format going to, can you talk about how that is going to be released? What formats? Yeah, we are releasing the catalog. Well, at least the demo seven inch and LP as true to the original as possible. Um, so right now, until the seven inch is released, we're going to be selling the demo tape, um, you know, as, as a pretty close reproduction to the original. And since those songs for the most part appeared with you know better recording and production later, uh, we'll probably stop selling the demo once those songs are available on uh, seven inch or whatever. But until then, like you know, just having some something someone can order as soon as the uh, as soon as the announcement goes up, I think is is going to be pretty cool. And you know, doing it this way is really telling the band's story 
And, you know, we can start from the very beginning this way. And since there's some, some time between the releases, we can really kind of, you know, let them share what they have to say. And, you know, each release is going to have merch from that era to go along with it too. So it's going to be like, we can all experience the band's history and growth um, this way as well. And we'll have, um, hopefully some people writing some things about, uh, you know, each stage of the band and each, each record as it comes along. And it's just, you know, there's, there's, there's a handful of records that I wish anyone could go into a record store and be able to buy. Um, and you can't for the most part. Yeah. The and, turning point seven inch. I mean, it's always been, I don't want to say elusive, but it's always been a collector's item especially like some of the different versions of it. And it was bootlegged and it was put on a 12 inch with three other seven inches. Yeah. And so it's cool now, like you said, someone can go into a record store and just pick that up and listen to it on its own. The way that it was, I don't want to say intended to, Absolutely. but the way that it was originally presented to the world. Absolutely. And you know, um, vinyl discographies where it's like a double LP and then you got like, the sides are split different because, you know, a record, you know, I think for nerds like us who like to experience music, <laughs> yeah. you know, I want to experience music the way the band intended it. And the vinyl resurgence or whatever you call it of the last decade, I think people feel the same way where when you take a record out of a jacket, you have the liner notes, you have the label, you have this piece of art that is presented by people showing a snapshot of their creativity and productivity at a certain time and i think it's really to to be celebrated and being able to do that with this catalog is awesome especially since there's such an, a cool change in the sound and the vibe between the seven inch and the lp um having those stand alone like everything about it's different the visual aesthetics the recording's different the the songwriting obviously is very different there's slap bass on it like there There's sure is. That make it so, yeah. <laughs> There's all these things that, that make it so they should be standalone records. Mm -hmm. These should be completely different listening experiences. These should be completely different collecting experiences. Someone might only want the seven inch that doesn't like the LP. And we should give them, we should be able to accommodate that and not make them buy a double LP if they want to hear, you know, six or eight songs or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this. And it's been a few years in the making. And finally being able to say something about it where I've been keeping this close to my chest for months and actually being able to talk about it. Like when, when some, I always get the, okay, what's coming up at Rev? What's coming up at Rev? And I could say, oh yeah, we have this reissue. We have this record. We have this record. But what I really want to tell them is we're putting out the Turning Point catalog. Like that's what I want to tell them. And I can't until right now. And we actually have... Uh, two members of Turning Point on with us. We have Nick and Jay. What's up, guys? Hey, how, how you, you doing, doing, man? Great to have you guys on. Be um, before we so, get any, hold on. Uh, before we get any questions with the band, I have one last question for Adam. Was there any resistance from anyone in the band about any of the ideas that you had, like, or was it just smooth talking through all this stuff? If there, if there was any resistance, I don't remember. Because mm -hmm. to be honest, working with these guys has been an absolute pleasure from beginning to now. Not only them, but um, 
Jay's brother Chris is doing a lot of the, the laying out and the visuals, and he's been incredibly helpful. Uh, Darren Walters from Jade Tree and originally High Impact, who first put out the 7-inch, has been extremely helpful. Um, the people at Rev who helped me out, Jordan's been good. Um, you know, Greg in the warehouse who, you know, saw them and, and first hooked me up with Jay. Like, he's been a guy who's been giving me a lot of knowledge about the band since I wasn't there. You know, I was seven when the band put out the demo <laughs> in 1988. You know, Greg was there and he's been helping me out with a little bit of backstory and knowledge as I've been moving forward. So everything about this has been a dream. And, you know, the, the first talking with Epitaph about it and looking at those terms and, you know, it would have been just a few years of a license deal. And, you know, we, we wanted it to be on Revelation. And then yesterday in the office, I was actually listening to the demo because we were trying to figure out the song that we were going to, um, you know, post to some websites and Jordan's sitting there. He's like, man, this is great. This should have been on Rev in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> yeah. 32 years later, we did it. You get your wish. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I think we, I think we submitted it to Revelation and we got turned down. Well, if I was there at the time, I would have been all about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a shit. <laughs> You guys, who, where did the talks, and Adam touched on it, but so the talks first began with, with you, Jay, talking to Adam, who's, was it Adam's idea originally? Was it, you know, both yeah, it was, just it, had the same it, aha moment? No, it was definitely his idea. He, you know, he contacted me about the Godspeed stuff and then, I don't know how much long later, but he, he just floated the idea. And to me, it was like, yeah, of course, it's a no brainer. I've wanted this since I was 17 years old. You know, like, <laughs> when we started doing this shit, it's like, that's like the dream, you're on Revelation, like, you know, for a hardcore band. And, you know, he kind of gave you the whole backstory, but yeah, it was his idea. And I ran past the other, other guys and it was like, why not? Like, you know, if we can make it happen, get the music yeah. back. Yeah, know. absolutely. Cause I know the last pressing, there was a pressing maybe like five years ago for record store day of the discography on think, think Pass, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So was there, Adam mentioned, you know, Jade tree. Cause one of the things is like, so many people, I think, got into Turning Point because of that Jade Tree discography because it kind of, you know, packed everything up and, it, and makes dude, everything, it makes everything accessible in one spot. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly that, that that Darren and Tim putting that out really gave the band like a much wider audience. If that didn't happen, I don't think maybe we wouldn't be doing this right now, you know. Mm. So yeah. it was cool to hear that you got the blessings of, of Darren. Cause you know, I always just think of high impact Jade tree. So to know that like, he's got his hand in this, I think will make people really happy to know that like everybody's stoked. Yeah. On. I would I like to hear that. I also feel like Darren has a, a connection, a deep connection with us because it was the first record he ever put out. Yep. You know, we were all kids and we, we didn't know what we were doing. None of us. And you know, he ended up turning this thing into a whole career, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Jade tree and now he teaches music business and, so he started, you know, calling my house when we were kids, being like, you want to do a seven inch? Yeah, sure. I didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he gave me, what did he get? us like $400 to record. It's like, all right, yeah. let's go. You know, we so. thought we were rich. Yeah. Old <laughs> <laughs> day in the yeah. studio. So, and, and, and I remember, I remember when that, that came through and uh, we went and we played a show in Westchester, I think it was, Jay. Where it was like, it was like the, the mushroom capital of the world, and we played at that show that Kent they, Square. Uh, like three Kent songs Square. they shut us down. 
Tennis square. That was it. That's where we, we took all the pictures for the seven inch. We're taking it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we had a record. We had no photos. That, I think that was only our <laughs> second show we ever played. Yeah. Like, we need we need photos for this record that some guys are going to make. And yeah. shit, Darren shows up wearing construction gloves with X's on him. We're like, is this <laughs> is this guy real? <laughs> oh, was that the it. first time you met him then, or no? No, I. I to be honest, dude, like so long ago. Yeah. I must have met him before. I mean, we talked on the phone and stuff, but maybe it could have been. I don't know. I forget. I just remember I remember <laughs> Ken asking him if uh if he could be part of their gardening glove crew. <laughs> and then he put out our record, so it all worked out. Was there ever like from the seven inch being on high impact and then you know, I think before the LP came out, it probably morphed into Jade Tree. Was there ever talk of the LP being on Jade Tree and you ended up just doing it with New Age? Or was it just, hey, no, I'm 7-inch, you do your thing, I'm, I'm going this way? I think, I think we, we signed with New Age way before the Jade Tree thing came about, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, High Impact was still on. And I think, Jade, if I remember this right, I think Darren came to us about doing the album with them. But at that point, I think we pressed three pressings of the seven inch, like a thousand pressings each. And uh, we were like, if we do an album, we want to, we want to get, you know, major distribution so we can sell our 3000 copies of the uh, album somewhere. And I think that's why we ended up going with new age, but yeah, they were still high impact at that point. J tree didn't come till probably after we broke up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And also new age gave us $500 to record. So <laughs> it was a no brainer. <laughs> I think you bought guitar strings with that. You also have like a legacy post um, full length as well with the split songs, which is revered as one of the best splits of all time. And then comp tracks that that discography really did a good job of like pulling everything together. But as a fan of music, as a fan of Revelation Records, as a fan of hardcore, I'm stoked to see what comes with you know, putting that package together of the, you know, every, the superfluous stuff that's not on the seven inch or the album. And I'm stoked to get a shirt with the hand on it and the, the rev star on it as well. I better make that happen. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I already have the graphic. I'm, I'm stoked about that. <laughs> ordered. <laughs> yeah, pre-ordered now. Yeah, so pre-ordered. Um, Adam, was I correct? And, you know, just for people listening, the demo is actually going to be pressed on a cassette, right? That is correct. Hell yeah. Okay. Nice. So just so people know. And then the, the, the demo will be a cassette, the seven inch is seven inch, the LP and LP, and then will it be another LP with the rest? Yeah, correct. Okay. And um, hopefully we're going to be offering some kind of expanded booklet and notes uh, with that. And I know that uh, Jay's brother, Chris, has been – hard at work uh compiling you know whatever whatever we can to, to i've already had sneak peeks at some of that stuff and looks really good and you oh, know that i'm the i'm in a group chat with the guys from turning point which is like seriously holy shit how did my life get to this <laughs> point where i'm in a group chat with turning point and i don't know who it was but they've been finding all these never before seen pictures and every time they pop some in there it's like this is Christmas morning. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think just I mean, like Ken will post three or four pictures, and I'll just be like, "Oh my god!" It's one of my old bandmates that used to hang out. You know, before he became a bandmate of mine, he hung out with me when I was in Turning Point and came to all the shows and took a bunch of pictures. And 
he eventually had them all printed and sent them off for a fanzine years and years ago and never got them back. So when this, mm-hmm. when this all became real, I reached out to him. He had all the negatives. So he's just been scanning, got like a negative scanner. He's been scanning this stuff and sending it to me. And when I find cool shit, I'm just sending it to, you know, to the text thread with Adam. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like he and has Jay, a who, who is that that took the pictures? Uh, Dave Grubb. Okay, cool. He played, he played uh, bass and Godspeed and guitar and uh, Linola. Turning Point has always been a very visual band, I think, from a very, you know, it looks like a hardcore band. When you see photos, it looks like you, you want your band to be modeled after that, like Bold's, Youth of Today, Turning Point, but then also the artwork, the merch. And so to hear that you're finding new stuff and finding ways to incorporate that in, it's not just going to be like a repress, you know, it's going to be a little bit more like um, a reboot, a reimagining of the classic stuff. And again, as a fan, I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. As of now, like the, the, the demo, the seven inch and the LP are going to be um, like pretty damn true to the originals, but that, um, you know, the 12 inch collection is going to have a lot of, a lot of extras. Mm-hmm. Um, so those will probably be pretty true to the originals, but yeah, the, the LP collection is really going to be a, you know, a dive into the band's history. And I think people are going to, are going to want to check it out, not just for the music, but uh, for everything that's going to be a part of it. So it's not going to be a situation like the 97 reissues of youth of today and all that stuff with the new artwork. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. <laughs> Next question. We've had we've had talks about that stuff. I mean, it is what it is. That's yeah. What was going on in 1997? We still have some of that print too. If anybody wants a, a 1997 era break down the walls rethought insert, head to <laughs> revhq.com or email Adam Lentz. Email webmaster at revhq.com. Yes. Yeah, email him. <laughs> but um. Will there be any tracks that people haven't heard, like on Unearth Live? Because you mentioned live stuff, like anything that wasn't on the discography um, on this release? Or? Unfortunately, no. I mean, when, when we did the J-Street discography, everything was dug through so much. Like, like we tried to get, you know, everything that was possible yeah. like was was put on that thing. So there was no, like, you know, oh, there's, there's no missing songs. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing that we've never been able to turn up um, was that we recorded a demo for the album. And it had, Ooh. I think, one or two of the songs. And it's basically the songs that are on the album with just a, a little bit less mix. We basically just kind of ran in the studio really quick, knocked out four or five songs. To try to um, get on a revelation. Where, yeah. where was that <laughs> yeah. recorded? It worked, Jay. It worked. It just took a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I have it here. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. Was that Why Me Studios? Is that the name of the studios? Is that where we went, Nick, for that? I, I don't... I honestly I have no memory of where we recorded that album. Oh, we probably did it with Bill Cribben. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah, the he, other stuff was Why Me, right? Because I know that yeah. that's where, like, I'd see, like, yeah. Turning Point went there, and then Mouthpiece, and then, you know, Hands Tied, and all... It seemed yeah, like... Yeah, we, we were the first hardcore band that he ever recorded. Um, but... So didn't they, didn't I, they do the I, Misunderstood I, demo? Did he? I don't think so. I think because I thought Sean Byrne was the guy that like told us they went there to do it, and then someone snuck a beer in, so we kicked them all out or something, and they never finished it. <laughs> that was like, you know, for sneaking a beer in. But uh, I think it was yeah, my, my old drum teacher when I was a little kid. I took drum lessons from a guy that had a little eight-track studio. That's where he did the demo. 
um, you know, I was like, I started a band and we want to make a demo. So it had a sin. It was like, it was like the, a little corner of his basement, you know, and that's where we cut that. So I think we did that. We, that demo was for the album was done with, with that same guy. That's my drum teacher. At the time. I'm just being from this, being from Philly area, turning point was always super special. So I'm just so happy that this is happening and I'm happy that's happening the way it is. Like at first I was like, Oh, why? I wonder why they just didn't do it as a discography. But I thought about it and came to the conclusion that, that Adam came to where it's like, I, I want to have these things as I've never, like I had the, uh, the LP on CD before the Jade tree thing. But other than that, it's always just been that discography. And I think it'll be nice to digest this stuff as it came out. Like, like Adam yeah, said, I- I personally never would have thought of doing it that way, and but Adam did, and it's I think it's way cooler. Yeah, than just, yeah. You know, it is. Just, I just have all the physical product again, and I, you know Adam made the point that it should be in stores. Like I think the same mm-hmm. thing. It'll be so cool that like it's finally on rev and it's just going to live there and it'll be available for you know, yeah, whoever wants to get here out. And, and it was, it's weird. Like when you guys talked about it, being on the discography, all the stuff was together. It kind of blends in. It, it seems so abrupt to jump from a demo to, to seven inch to, to the album stuff. But, um, you know, when we were doing this, I mean, well, I was like 13 or 14 years old and we did the demo. Jay, I thought you were like a worldly 15 years old, like you do stuff that I didn't, but like, you know, I remember bringing home a stack of those cassette tapes and sticking them on my mom's kitchen table. And I was like, man, look, mom, like we, we made this. And it, you know, that's what I like, you know, gave to my friends and then you'd go to their house and we'd be skating out, side and they'd have a little radio with a demo cassette tape stuck there we hand folded those covers so like you know to to put that demo out but have it back on a cassette tape i think it makes more sense because that's what that was it was kind of like a raw quick go to some guy's basement and knocked it out on a saturday afternoon like you know (laughs) it's um yeah it makes more sense that way did you ever i mean you there's I would I would think there's no way you could have ever expected that 32 years later people would still care. Like people are going to flip about this news. They're going to be so stoked. And I just think it's been nice watching Turning Point. I think go from being this like kind of like hidden treasure. Like when I had the the first album or you know the the full length, and then even when the Jade Tree thing first came out, and then watching how mythical it got and just how big, and now Turning Points talked about in the same breath as you know Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits, Chain of Strength, Judge. It's just it's awesome because it's like one of these things where for me I feel like a like a hometown pride. Like even though you guys were like Jersey, South like South Jersey, it was still like yeah, yeah. We're kind of Philly yeah. too. And Jay, I guess because I know you from Philly. To me, you guys are like a Philly band, so it's like yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, well, funny, yeah. Real quick, funny aside: uh, when we booked this is hardcore in 2016, Nick was convinced <laughs> that fucking like thir- only 30 people are going to be there. They're all our friends. He was, this dumb <laughs> idea, like only 10 people there. I was like, nah, we'll be all right. It was yeah, and the whole time I'm like Jay, mayhem. I was like, yeah, Jay, this this is going to be one of the most humiliating experiences I've had <laughs> yeah. since no. since we played Syracuse in 1989 to five people. <laughs> no. Like, like we could just we could to these 30 people in my mom's driveway. <laughs> I was so stoked to hear that slap bass in real life. I fucking swear to God, I was waiting for hours and it did not let me down. But <laughs> you guys did play This Is Hardcore and obviously no one's playing right now, 
but have you thought about what could happen when the world opens back up now that you have you know, a little bit more, you're going to have this huge wind in your sails. Have you thought about playing down the line in the future? Um, I mean, I'm always open to the idea. It's just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ken has dealt with with a, you know, a hearing issue. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's just been a a thing for him um, that he's been dealing with. It's been really hard for him to play music. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's like, I've had so many people like, well, you know, why don't you get another drummer? I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's like, we're already doing this without Skip, which is fucking crazy, which I thought I would never do ever in my yeah. fucking life. Exactly. Because like, I got asked a million times and I was always like, fuck that. I'm not doing without Skip. But then it got to a point, I was like, this could be last time. So, and you know, it just seemed like the, the right timing. Mm-hmm. So we did it. And the, like the thought of doing it was just, just me and Nick and like some, like, cause I have a band now, my drummer, he, he would do it, but it just wouldn't be a fucking, I don't know. So yeah. unless and unless Ken is able to do it, I don't see it happening. And and I I respect that because I think that there's something to be said about like having everybody that's able to be there be there. And Ken, I think, is a huge part of Turning Point Sound. His he, great drummer and you know, he's a really unique drummer, for sure. Because when we were supposed to go to Europe, that got canceled because mm-hmm. you know Ken just couldn't do it. I actually had a friend come over to my studio, the studio that I have, that I rehearse at. And he's a great drummer. And he learned like five songs and it sounded fucking good, but it didn't fucking sound like Ken. Like, like it yeah. didn't do all, like the things that Ken does, it makes the songs, the songs. And I was like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, this is fucking stupid. I don't even think I told Nick I did that. Like last ditch effort, I, let me see was good. And then I'll be like, all right, let's go do it. But I was just like, it didn't feel right. And it, it wasn't yeah. Ken, so, you know. And it's funny, there's, there's, it would be one thing if the band was still alive, we were still going strong, and, you know, uh, whatever, Ken dropped out of the band, then you bring in another drummer. But, like, in this scenario where it's a band we did 20 years ago, where, like, getting back together with uh, everybody to practice for, uh, for This Is Hardcore, it was awesome. Like, that was like, uh, it was like getting back together with my, you know, best old friends I hadn't seen forever. And all we did was, like, basically, like, get back into that mindset of like everything we were doing, like telling old stories. And, and it, it, it would feel like, be like, a, like cheating on the band to try and like do it without all of us together doing it. It would just seem weird. I don't know if that makes much sense. But yeah, no, yeah, it definitely sure. does. Much respect. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, bit of bow to Ken, like I said, great dude. Um, hopefully he can, you know, find a solution to his hearing issues. I know that's, I know uh, several people who, play music that now can't because of, um, you know, hearing issues like that. So my heart goes out to him. So hopefully he yeah, can. It's, it's, it's fucking brutal. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, yeah. Adam, do you have anything else? Any uh, parting words for this endeavor? I, I, you said you're stoked to get it off your chest, man. So. Yeah. I mean, and the, this thing's almost a, a, a dream for me. Like, like working at Revelation and putting out records on Rev isn't enough of a dream. You know, like getting to do this and, you know, my introduction to Turning Point was that CD on, on Jade Tree. And, you know, I remember the first time American Nightmare played in California was at Jerry's Pizza in Bakersfield. And one of the opening bands covered um, Face Up. And I hit Kyle Whitlow from Rivalry Records in the face so hard, he had a knot on his forehead like a golf ball. <laughs> and, you know, I was probably 
this height, but like 115 pounds soaking wet. And I did that because I got so jazzed that, you know, someone was playing this song. Yeah, because it was like, a, it was, they were like a, a, a band's band type thing, a sec, you know, well-kept secret. Like I was in two bands that covered, I think I've covered three Turning Point songs yeah. over two bands. Like it was just, and people would get excited because again, yeah. it was something different than like, here's yeah, a girl Greg. biscuits cover. And you know, we're, I came across the the one up behind this wall you guys did. Yeah. I just came across it on YouTube. It was way before I met you. And I was like, I was like, man, this is pretty fucking cool. And I think I posted it on Facebook or something. That's and awesome. Like, oh, that like, Jersey. Yeah. yeah, I went to school with this guy, with the singer. I knew this guy. I was like, oh, fucking cool. I was like, but because you know, I've seen a lot of those videos and some, some bands don't do it so, quite so good. You guys do it. <laughs> well, three, you know what the secret, thank you. That, that, I always laugh when they just fuck up the intros and stuff. It's, you know. yeah, that puts but me on cloud nine. But yeah. like we had three guys from, from that South Jersey area in the band. So I think maybe it gave, like we always said we were a Philly band, but we practiced in Sicklerville. Like, yeah. So we were like, we were really a South Jersey band. So I think, yeah. you know, Jude and Fidge and, uh, and uh, Brian gave it that, that extra little oomph that we needed to keep it burning point style. Yeah, I remember right. there was always that little sample, the Vincent Town Diner or something. Isn't there like a little uh, snippet uh, on something? It, it, uh, so that was, we were, we were trying to record a, uh, if we were like working on a new song, I had this crappy radio that my sister had gotten at Steers and it was awful, but something about, it was like the best thing to record, uh, Loud music. As like, yeah, yeah. And it, like the microphone was so bad that it like cut it down so you could actually understand it later. So we had been recording, trying to like record some parts for a song. And then my mom came out and was like, you know, guys, it's getting a little late. And so like when she went in, I remember I said something about, uh, <laughs> it's like something about we, we got to turn it down because it's going to make all the Vincent Town punks want to go slam. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Okay. Oh, thought, yeah. For some reason, I thought it said Vincent Town Diner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone from Jersey knows diners are like, that's like the yep. thing, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. I'm stoked on this, though. I can't say how appreciative I know I am for, for letting us talk about this. Jay, you already know I, when I first met you, when Easy Creatures played with JJL, I punished you about Turning Point. And I'm probably going to continue to punish you. And I'm excited that we'll get to, you know, really take deep dives into these releases yeah. uh, in a couple no, of years. No, it's cool. I, I, I always like to, you know, anybody wants to talk to me about music, I always I enjoy it. Yeah. So, well, this yeah, whole thing is really cool for me, it. too. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. this is. This is really cool. And like, like they were saying, like to be on Revelation, you know, I'm 47 years old. I'm still like super excited. Um, yeah, man, this, this, this shit this is crazy. I have to say, this shit would blow Skip's fucking mind. He would be like, yep. Because like me and him, when we were kids, this is a story about, a, a, a quick story about, uh, you know, us as Turning Point and Revelation. When they were putting out those seven inches, there was one store called Philadelphia Record Exchange, right yep. off south. So we would go, we'd all be in New Jersey and we knew they were getting these records. So we'd mm -hmm. all be in the same fucking car, and they would, sometimes they'd only get like three copies, and there'd be like five of us in the car. <laughs> like the band or something. We'd park, and that fucking doors would fly open, and everybody would go run into the fucking store. And it, like, yep. there's a judge, you know, how many do you have? And, and like, there'd only be one motherfucker that got lost out and be all sad and shit. But, you know, <laughs> like, like that, that's, what the, that's what it meant to us, like, like yeah. you know, to be on it. But like, literally, that, they were the best times. We'd like get out of the car, and like the doors would just stay yeah. open run into the fucking store like to to get whatever was coming out you know at the time so like this is really fucking cool 
Tim McMahon yeah, told yeah. us a story about the chain of strength seven inch where uh, something like that happened, um, yeah. where there was only one left. Bit of yeah. to Tim, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's just, it's it's like I said, it's it's awesome. And for for a Philly guy, I couldn't be more happy to have you know to know that you guys are on Rev and getting the R and the star. And you know, from from a label standpoint here, uh, you know, yeah, we're a business and we need you know we need to make payroll and make rent and stuff, but we're in this incredibly unique position where I don't think a lot of labels, even labels that have been around for a long time, carry the same legacy they do for three decades. And the fact that the guys are saying this about everything is incredible. And, you know, the fact that I had this conversation with Jay, that was almost random, like, hey, whatever happened to that catalog? And here we are doing it. And Turning Point's one of those bands where the older people at Revelation who were there have a history. They bought the records when they came out. They, you know, Greg and Jordan saw you guys at the Revival or the Anthrax or whatever. <laughs> and then younger guys like me, you know, I'm almost, I'm 39, you know. So when the Jade Tree thing came out, that was right in my wheelhouse of getting like, I was 19, 20. And that was like, when I was eating everything up, holy shit. And then we have younger people at Rev uh, who are in their early 20s who get into it through, you know, Spotify and, and blogs and sharing things who are excited. So every generation of, of, of people at Rev have, have a stake in this and are excited. And there aren't many th- things that come along that, that everyone is so excited about. And we're, we're all together, you know, even, even all the way up to Jordan. And I told you that when I was listening to the demo, he was like, wow, this really should have been on Rev in the first place. From, from top to bottom to, you know, Veronica, our intern, is excited. And the guy we hired two weeks ago who's 20 years old is excited. And, you know, Greg in the warehouse who saw Turning Point play in like 89 and 90 is excited. And it's this kind of thing that makes it worth it, that makes my job such an amazing thing because you know this band's catalog physical format could have vanished like it could have been gone who knows like if if it wasn't for like one or two chance conversations with jay would this be possible and to be able to actually be doing it and putting it putting it out not only putting up on revelation like these are the kind of things that, that, that make every headache of, you know, working for a record label, pressing records, working for distribution in 2020, when it's an absolute disaster, makes this all worth it. And, I'll do, and I would do it again in a heartbeat because it's, it's so satisfying being able to talk with you guys about it, being able to have the conversations with the band, being able to present these records the way they originally wanted to present it, you know, I live for this. Even almost 40 years old, I live for this. And I am as excited as I would be when I was 20 being able to do this. And as fans <laughs> of hardcore and as fans of bands and as people who do a podcast about Revelation Records, I can 100% guarantee that the three of us on this podcast are your target market. And we're going to yes. be fucking pre-ordering everything. <laughs> I want a Turning Point suit. I want Turning Point sweats, shirt, hat, 
demo. I'm fuck. I, I want it all. Uh, next oh. time we speak, I want to have my name on here be Turning Point Suit Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank the three of you guys for keeping me employed. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. Yeah, visit RevHQ.com uh, and Revelation Records on Instagram and keep up to date on all of this stuff because I would hate for anyone to miss out on pre-orders or any of that stuff there's gonna you know there's real rev collectors and there's also you know casual listeners and everyone's gonna want to order this stuff and i mean we don't get fucking paid this is not a commercial this is literally me telling you as a friend if you're listening to this to order this stuff because it's fanning out we're fanning out yeah we're fanboying right now standing (laughs) i'm standing turning point stand man yeah i'll stand man also these are (laughs) i'm standing uh, turning point is I mean, this is the band you need to hear. If you haven't listened to Turning Point, fucking order it. Order all the releases. They are life-changing. Really. Yeah. yeah. I was literally in a band that mimicked Turning Point's musical arc. I'm like, going I literally, to be. In 2021, I'm going to be. Yeah, so. I did a li- we did, I was in a band that did a seven-inch that ripped off the seven-inch cover. Oh, yeah, I own that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but I mean, That's even awesome. just down to the music of like the from the demo to the next record to the next thing, yeah. like the, the melodic arc. And uh, yeah. you guys did it so incredibly well where I can listen to it all and love it all. And I think I make it heat. For, I think each thing got better than the, than the thing previous. Oh, yeah, um, for I sure. Agree. Like, I, like yeah, I we talk that. about what if stuff. If there was an LP, like those split songs... Oh, yeah, man. man. I like we the songs we as is. <laughs> well, like yeah. those WNYU songs, those, those ones that were unreleased and ended up being on the discography. Like, imagine yeah. an LP of that material. Oh. And Broken, man. you know, the, like yeah. that kind of stuff was. So I'm, funny, I'm stoked. The funny part is, is uh, everyone talks about that. But at that time, when we were doing those last songs, people hated them. Like mm. we would play the shows and people were just like, like just hating us. Like yeah. what, what's this crap that you guys I believe it. Like, like the, the same, bold seven inch. Yep. The, the bold, bold seven, seven inch. The bold like, seven inch. This? And the same thing happened when one up was playing. We did these songs that were unreleased and people were like, what the fuck? And they stood there with their arms crossed. And now I have so many people reach out when I put them on, Oh, this is the best stuff you guys ever did. And I'm like, well, you're yeah. 20 years late. <laughs> I mean, well, that, it, it's that, really, like, that really is the reason we ended up breaking up because we were yeah. playing this, writing this stuff, and uh, I didn't. That you know, that's the way I was writing music. Like I was getting yeah. better guitar, so I, I was writing more, you know, different kind of stuff. And uh, we ended up splitting up, and that's when me and Skip started Godspeed. It was just like that was, you know, what I mean, that was just like where we were going. Like we had the songs for Turning Point that never got recorded. But when we broke up, when the band broke up, it was like, all right, we're not doing that. Let's start something new. But in the same, you know, going in that same direction, that's yeah. when we, that's, that's Godspeed stuff. And, and it's like, and right now, everything, when, like, and this is back to like that discography, everything kind of is taken out of context. Like um, when you hear those last songs we were playing, we were getting billed with like uh, all these real, like that's when like hardcore was all about trying to be the hardest music out there and earth crisis and mm. all these other bands and, and you know, everyone wanted to go to shows and get in fights and we we're like trying to actually play. And again, so that, that was a problem. Cause it's like, well, that's turning point, turning points, a hardcore show. So our bills that we were getting stuck with were these other hardcore bands and we just didn't fit. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm mean, guitar sound like these clean intros and people are looking at me like, what the fuck is he doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And it was like, we just want mosh parts. Like, and we, we want, just want more parts. slap bass. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't having any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Jay. That's all right. I love you. <laughs> well, listen, guys, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to do this and that we Thanks are one of the um, avenues that this gets introduced to the world. I've been talking to Adam about this very clandestinely for a couple of weeks. I've kept my mouth shut until I got to include these guys on all this. And I'm fucking stoked. We're all stoked. And um, fuck, man. Turning point 2020. <laughs> wow, thank you guys so much.